The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm hosting tonight, and I'm joined by special guest uh, DJ Wendy. Hello, hello. Back once again, host of uh, Subculture, which means she's not going to be leaving the studio. She's going to be doing (laughs) doing two hours of music after this. Um, Which we may need after this. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, what, what, what do you got planned for our lineup tonight? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Some good feelings. Fist I know. Fist bump. bump. Fist bump. Yeah. It's going to be oh, some good a, stuff. I actually just watched the uh, documentary about him Isn't it last awesome? night. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to see, to see the Tom Hanks yeah. version. Yeah. Is this sort of like why there, there are so many songs written about rainbows? That kind of good feeling? It's a good feeling. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, a yeah. reference to Sesame Street. It is. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'd actually I uh, Muppet not. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's so. Kermit. Kermit, yes, but um, Muppet movie, not Sesame Street movie. Sorry. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, Muppets. he's writing Muppets. Yeah. I, so, I think of them the same because... That Sue Timberlake made me grind me about the Muppets. <laughs> and our producer, John Roberts. That's because I'm over 60. Again. I just, yeah. you know. If you want to talk Muppets... Uh-oh. <laughs> then we can talk Muppets. Uh, I think we are going to talk about Muppets. Okay. <laughs> Hello and good evening and welcome to Muppet Politics here on Valley Free Radio. <laughs> Pretty good, John. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, can I Meep. be Miss Piggy? Okay. Okay. I think we just don't want to deal with this topic tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. Hello, I'm Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, and tonight we're going to be talking about the role of religion in politics. But first, a few important safety measures. <laughs> That's pretty good. Said Bunsen Honeydew, never. Um, <laughs> right, so uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you want to chime in during the show, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and you can reach us in a few different ways. Civil Politics Radio at valleyfreeradio.org, at Civil Politics FM on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio is our community there, and uh, we do have our own website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com. We uh, have recordings of previous episodes of the show, supplemental episodes, links to things we talk about. It's all that good stuff on, on our website. Uh, as we go along, genre will try to post links. Uh, to uh, support or contradict or otherwise illuminate whatever falls out of our mouths. And uh, he'll use the hashtag civil references as we go to make it easier for you to follow along. So, um, yeah, uh, this topic uh, came out of uh, uh, talking with Wendy after the show one time. <laughs> and, 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 and Wendy said something like, I can't remember exactly what it was that Mike Pence had done, our erstwhile vice president, but uh, you asked the 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 very cogent and basic uh, question: Why do you care? What's going on? Why do you care? <clears throat> which I took in a totally different meaning, which maybe we'll get to, but just in the sense of like I thought Mike Pence was saying, 
why do you care about people? <laughs> As in, you know, if I can't, if I can't explain to you, if if I if you don't understand why I care about other people, then I, how do I but explain that? <laughs> strongly religious. Why do they care so much about what other people do? What yeah. what is that motivating adventure? I, ha- I have a I have kind of a theory on that. I I feel like. Um, having grown up in a very religious household, there was a lot of things that we could not do. We could not dance. We could not wear shorts. We could not, you know, a lot of things. The list goes on and on. Kiss it, girls. It, well, if you were a girl, yes. <laughs> but um, it, I, I think it's all—it's almost like uh, I can't do this, so you can't do this. Do you know what I mean? It, uh-huh. It's almost like a, that kind of a feeling. Sort of the way it's like, well, I got you know hazed by the by the older frat brothers when I was a freshman, so I'm darn well doing it to you. Uh, do unto <laughs> others before they do uh, unto you before <laughs> or after i don't know no. well and i'm yeah. i'm a atheist agnostic um you know i'm just a mutt i'm an american mutt and it's interesting because i have ev- almost every religion in my family including quakers mm. and christian scientists and um jehovah's witnesses and catholics wow and that is pretty Protestants and my and my grandfather was the president of congregational ministers in this country Hmm. so somehow I I escaped but so tonight as we talk I just want people to know that I don't have any um, religious legitimacy to talk about this I'm just talking about it as a layperson okay well I I came from a family where my grandfather uh, scared off a Jehovah's Witness at the door one time so that <laughs> scared as in as pulled in, a pulled a shotgun kind no, of thing no scared or? as in come here let me talk to about the bible so four hours later the guy was running outside so <laughs> and they march your house on the phone pole don't uh, right don't right 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 <laughs> yeah so i thought only the hobos did that <laughs> did you want to declare your uh your, oh sure your, your uh whatever I was, uh i was raised in an episcopalian family so god's frozen people as mayor curly put it and uh yeah, I went to Sunday school and went through, uh, you know, the confirmation process, I think, up through age 14. And at that point, I was uh, able to make my own decisions about whether or not I wanted to go to church, and I did not. And, uh, yeah, I didn't. The I rest didn't, is history? I wanted to sleep <laughs> in on Sundays. I didn't really see anything that particularly uh, worthwhile or interesting uh, going on uh, in church services. There were some nice people at the church. But, yeah. Um, yeah, church to a lot of people is, is community. It's social. Yeah, yeah. sure. Social. Um, for my, my personal quirk is, as, I, as I've mentioned on this show a few times before, uh, I'm a literal-minded thinker. Hmm. So, uh, and of course, there are strains of Christians who take the Bible literally, you know. They and, say they do. Well, but they, they attempt to anyways. But uh, that literal-minded thinking... Uh, is actually what kind of led me to be not particularly interested in what was going on in church because, like, the story doesn't make a lot of sense. Why are people... There were a lot of unanswered questions. I remember when I was six or seven, uh, you know, we were told the story of Noah and the flood, and I was like, okay, but go back one. You have all these people on Earth, and God wants them to do X, Y, and Z, and it's God telling them to do that, so... Why isn't that the end of it? Like, what what is it that's motivating these people to ignore God's explicit instructions on what to do? I mean, that seems, you know, like, as a six-year-old, parents tell me what to do, 
And, you know, I don't always necessarily listen in the little ways, but I'm certainly not going to be like running out and playing in traffic. I mean, I get it. Mom says that's bad. I don't do it. (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing. The Bible (laughs) is full of amazing parables. I mean, uh, you know, get that right. It's, it is, uh, but it's also a lot of destruction and a lot of things that uh, people who say, oh, I, you know, take the Bible literally. Oh, really? So are you going to allow your daughter then to stay out in the shack for seven days while she, you know, Menstruates, yeah. Yeah, exactly, that kind of, I mean... Well, uh, just just so you understand what I mean when I say I have a literal mindset. Uh, being born in 1970, I was a six-year-old when the bicentennial rolled around, so we heard a lot about, you know, the early days of the revolution and all that stirring stuff, and, of course, the Battle of Lexington and Concord or battles, and, uh, of course, on Lexington Green, uh, somebody fired a shot, which was labeled the shot heard round the world, yeah. and it yeah. was years before I realized that that was a metaphor Oh, you not a literal, literal. <laughs> right okay right now i, I mean, get you <laughs> years <laughs> i was an adult before i came back to the guy oh it was a oh <laughs> i heard a little girl ask a priest one time is is god all powerful you know is he really he's it right and he said yeah he is she said can he make a rock so heavy he can't pick it up the classic the classic <laughs> yeah and i was now. like oh did boy. someone tell her that i think somebody had that's been. not a something a little girl would come up like that's specific oh yeah those specific that specific but that is a heck of a coincidence because that's a george carlin routine yeah yeah i think he got it from a from a little girl and john were you going to declare your uh your nationality (laughs) (laughs) your secularism right actually there is one other thing i am a fan of the boston red sox so i guess i I do have that's a religion religion. you do have a religion yeah exactly you grew up in massachusetts of course you do i was raised Mm -hmm. in the faith that's all i'm saying anyway go ahead (laughs) yeah i mean you live in massachusetts um i mean if you want to i didn't mean to put you on the spot (laughs) no i was i was just waiting my turn uh so i was um i was raised baha'i I was raised in Baha'i faith. My parents are very, uh, are still Baha'i um, and very, and they've always been really active in the community. My dad uh, actually was uh, a one of the leaders of the community for many, many years. He's retired now. Um, I always told people that it was like, a, like one of, like um, one of his most important jobs. I was, I, I don't know if it's really equitable, but I was like, he's like a cardinal. I guess. <laughs> um, <Uh-oh. laughs> he, well, he, he traveled and he spoke to a lot of people. He tried to help a lot of people. And his area was um, North America and the islands. <laughs> so <laughs> I think... Uh, the Caribbean islands? Yes. Um, if I, I actually went with him to, to, the, to the Caribbean to, um, on one of his trips where he was speaking to, uh, I think it was a convention or something, of a hide and... You know, we also got to go fishing and stuff. But I got a blue fin. Is that a thing? Okay, blue so fin tuna? Yeah, anyway, um, so I was raised uh, Baha'i faith um, for, and we went to uh, the gatherings. I can't remember what they're they're called right now. Feasts. They're they're called feasts. So we went to feast every every uh, every time we went around. We were active there. Um, I learned from uh, the the book and about Baha'u'llah and everything like that. Um, then in college, I felt like I didn't really belong. 
uh, and I didn't really feel a calling to that around like 1819. I felt like I didn't really have a calling to the faith specifically. So uh, I went into like paganism, um, you know, like a lot of people in college. And uh, I, I actually was like, outra- yes. I was, yeah, I was, Is that I, was like outreach, uh, I was outreach chair in spirals. Which I only is did the, that because um, there was a pretty girl. <laughs> I was outreach chair in spirals, which was the oh, wow. pagan uh, uh, group on, on campus at the time. Um, we started, we set up like conventions or like gatherings and stuff like that. Um, still have an altar. And I, so I think I'm the only person here really is religious yeah yeah oh, interesting. in this room probably yeah, yeah. yeah. in this room yes interesting. not not ever <laughs> there are more people <laughs> there's some religions no, that feel that way i do believe in god i believe in in i the easiest way to explain it, I, I believe in a in a power that is um greater than the universe uh in in certain aspects i'd like to read up on the baha'i oh it's great I, um, it's very, it's very welcoming. It's very, uh, universal. Um, one of the coolest, I'm going to say this, one of the coolest things that I like about it is that their the main temple is called the universal house of justice. And what the Baha'i faith is working towards is a, uh, a world community where, um, the, uh, where borders for different countries don't matter as much or at all. Uh, and it's basically centri- kind of centralized government. Um, and it's, it, it's centered in uh, Haifa, in Israel. Uh, and it's a beautiful place. And that is where the uh, leadership and, all, and everything happens there. Um, it is called seven doors actually to the temples. For oh, I forget. For each of the religions. I, don't know. Um, like I was, I went to the, to the American um, temple, uh, which is amazing, but um, which is kind of where I made the final decision not to be in the word, but that's another story. But the universal house of justice, because that is the house of justice if we go to other planets. Oh, okay. Universal, not, not yeah. global. You lost me. Not, Earth. <laughs> not, not global. Earth-based. If we make, if we go colonize Mars. Colonize Mars or something. That is the that is the ha- that will still be the center of the Baha'i faith. The okay. universal okay. house of justice. So awesome. <laughs> Especially for anyone who's a was nerd. Made, this was I know, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I love that. And um <laughs> I hope I'm remembering it right. Uh but the uh but that was one thing that was that really like jumped out at me like that there might be aliens, and if we convert them, then there you go. Yeah, they'll <laughs> you know? be behind. Yeah, um, but it's uh, but it is very welcoming. And the um, have you guys converted Hoffman? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because like, there's your first alien. <laughs> you guys, convert. I'm not actually. <laughs> oh right, right, right. I think I'm still registered. Did you meet the Wonder Twins? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Over my head, I just, yeah. I think I'm actually still They're registered as a Baha'i games because I, I, I never referring on the old Super Friends cartoon. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, yeah, cartoons and this part is comics. important. <coughs> I think I am still registered as Baha'i, okay. uh, because one of the things about actually being a card carrying Baha'i is if you um, don't believe in, uh, if you say I don't believe or want to be part of the Baha'u'llah's teachings, then you say that and then. You're, you're out, and I can't say that uh, because I do believe in a, in a lot of his teachings. It's just that the organi- organization 
doesn't really I don't I personally don't feel like that is the correct place for me um but I think it's amazing uh we actually have a show about the Baha'i faith every Saturday at 11 um uh, the Baha'i Experience, I believe it's perspective. Called, per, the Baha'i <laughs> Perspective, thank you, um, which is great. And it's uh, by Warren, who is uh, still an active person in the community. When I started here, uh, he was like, oh, yeah, I know your dad. I'm like, of course you do. <laughs> Everybody knows Dr. Billy. So, <laughs> Dr. Billy. Yeah, that's, that's what people call him. Um, so, yeah. So, um, anyway. So now card-carrying pagan. Oh, I'm sorry. Warren's show is at 10 a.m. on Saturdays. Uh, and I and he's a great show. He does l- interviews with people of the faith and, and other people, and it's great. Yeah. Um, so highly suggest it uh, if you're listening on VFR. Okay, so now that uh, <clears throat> anybody still listening is aware <laughs> of sort of our biases and bona fides, um, I think, uh, well, so religion is... Uh, an expansive subject (laughs) and goes beyond sort of the questions of personal faith and and beliefs and attitudes and practices though obviously it can encompass that uh it's also a matter of uh, community organization you know what groups you choose to join which groups you you choose to reject um and so forth i mean i i tend to think of it as uh an organization of people who've decided to to base their lives around a certain narrative band together and exclude all others it doesn't have to be but no it it doesn't have to be but but generally speaking uh one of the key characteristics of any group in any way you want to define a group is there's inside and outside and the insiders have certain things in common and the outsiders don't have that i mean that's that's part of what Do you think that's it. true for Quakers? I've, I've felt yeah. like they're much more, it, we're just a member in the world, we're not this member of the super group. It's yeah. just a matter of, you know, if, there is, if there's no characteristics that define you as part of the group, then there's no group. Yeah, but there, there are some groups more than others. Oh, absolutely. That um, absolutely. No, I mean, do no, a very much not us every, against them not, kind of not thing. Ev- well, sure. And, and not everybody's, not every group is, you know, the, the Central Intelligence Agency where you have to get, go through regular security background checks and so forth, you know? Not, you know. Check your heritage. Some right. religions check right. your and heritage not everybody's, before you can you know, join. Not, every, not everybody, every group is, you know, secretive like, or I don't know. Or your gender the before Masons you can go in the Right, exactly. Temple. So yeah. so all of that is 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 sort of stipulated. I'm just saying, like, you know, there's no group where it doesn't matter, you know, everybody's part of the group and no one's part of the group, except for maybe the group of humans. You know, well, how but about agnostics and uh, atheists? I, I'm just yeah. saying, like, you know, by de- by definition, a group has to have certain characteristics that define it. Otherwise, you Here's don't have it. It makes it sound exclusionary. Which, uh, which in a lot of uh, religions, it's not. It doesn't have to be, but I'm, I'm just Baha'i saying, like, opposite, well, what, you're, right? what you're describing. I'm saying, is like, it. if you want to be a Muslim, you have to uh, state the, the statement of faith that I believe that there is only one God and Muhammad is his prophet. You have to say that I, this is what I believe. And that is an essential qualification to be a Muslim. 
No, but the other if the you others, don't if you don't say that if you don't believe that then the, you're not a Muslim. No, the other sect likes the brother. That's the that's the Sunni and Shiite difference, right? That one the Sunni and one Shiite difference refers to which successor of Muhammad yeah. you want to talk to. Both yeah. of them recognize Muhammad as the true prophet of the only. So God. which which son or brother or cousin or yeah, the, it's yeah. it's a descendant. Peace be upon him. So what we're yeah. really trying to talk about though is is sort of who's the moral authority in governments and and sort of how do these things intersect? And I know exactly. Wendy had a tremendous list of scary <laughs> things that <laughs> we, we, we probably, right. I don't know. But that well, kind of thought process of, you know, sort of there's the religion and then there's the community we live in, which is governed by a, govern a government. Uh, which may or may not have it, which is a distinction that may not apply in many, in many communities historically because the religion may be the government. You know, like the government may be entirely religiously like mandated. Yeah, like in Israel. Well, Israel at the current moment, but uh, I mean... You know the 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 the, the leaders of uh, ancient Sumeria in the in you know the Middle East. Uh, you know their authority was like you know I'm we're the priest kings. You know we're, like we're God. Yeah, we are. We are servants of the gods or descended from the gods. I mean I I'm not a huge expert on Sumerian culture, but like in so many instances, a religious justification is the entire basis for like you know. Why is you know why is Louis the Fourteenth King of France because God has anointed him so? I'm going to say something really rude here. Okay, <laughs> which I'm going to say because I'm an atheist. But sure, a lot of cults that is the exact oh yeah mechanism too that there's usually a ringleader that, that uh, uh, the difference between a cult and a religion is entirely one of uh, organization and you know influence and street cred. You know? Well, if you think about the very basis of the Bible, it, it is um, a lot of Christians will tell you it's in uh, God is inerrant. Like um, it, it is the one word that's the one thing that you look to. That is the one thing that you obey. It is boom, 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 boom. And it's the same with a cult. Yeah. You are, it's blind following, following blind, blindly. Well, following blindly somebody's interpretation of the narrative. Correct. Yeah. Without Correct. questioning, maybe not exactly. blind, but so, without questioning. So the, well... Sure, a little bit. One thing, a major thing, is a cult is an organization that is sur surrounded by a current um, uh, leader who ha who is very... Um, uh, he brings people... Charismatic. Charismatic. Uh, it's, um, it's usually <gasps> centered around a figure that is charismatic Donald and not... Trump? Let's hold on. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's back off a bit. Uh, but uh, a cult is uh, centered around a charismatic individual who is interpreting the, um, who is interpreting a religion or making up their own religion. Um, a religion isn't centered or isn't necessarily centered around a single singular charismatic person that is using that organization for their own benefit. That is that is difference between a religion and a cult. So, yeah, okay. so what do you call about the, um, what is it, the four prophet religions? What are they called? They're uh, gospel, Tele prosperity gospel. Yeah. Prosperity gospel. Oh. Right. Because is that not basically religious cult? I mean, it's. Um, the, th the, ki that kind of, that kind of uh, straddles the line, like prosperity, prosperity gospel uh, is, but that is still interpreting the, the Bible um, as, as law, so I don't. So that's kind of that's kind of straddling so things. But Francis when we talk about Christianity or or um, uh, Hinduism or anything like th or something like that, Buddhism, uh, Buddhism, uh, Buddhism religion, uh, kind of. But um, uh, that is not the same as Scientology. 
um, it's not in the same exactly. It's trust me, as someone who actually went into the protest. My cousin yeah. was married to the treasurer of Scientology. That's unfortunate. Yeah. No, um, your family background is interesting. interesting. Yeah. But <laughs> that is the difference be but there is a difference between uh a really like something like that and um and like Scientology but or so when Branch Davidian or something like that. When Pope Francis renounced sort of the gold of the Vatican and lives across the street in an apartment, I mean, I took that as a really good sign for the Catholic Church that he was not wrapping himself in all the riches and the accoutrements and the. So yeah. is that uh, sort of what you're getting to? That because some of the other popes, you know, took advantage of all the with the religion, advantages. the focus is on the is on scripture, and with the cult, of fo- the focus is on the leader. On leader, okay. Uh, sure. Interesting. Uh, I. That's that sounds like a perfectly acceptable. So is that Trump? Uh, everybody focuses no on Trump, but we ignore the Constitution. See, I mean, See? That, there you go, cult of personality. Cult of personality. Uh, you're not yeah. that's not a religious cult. That's a cult of personality. But you know, like we all revere Mike. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> If you could as see, a, as, as you could a see a Wendy's face at home and Mike's mortification. <laughs> uh, uh, North Korea. <laughs> that that can be described. Um, that that their their way of thinking is it could be described as de- described as cultish, cultesque. <laughs> if you want to ascribe cult as a purely religious phenomenon, then no cult. Trump isn't doesn't lead a cult. If you can accept it. The definition expand ex- more expansively, where it doesn't have to have a specifically religious or supernatural gloss. Then sure, Trump led a cult, uh, Hitler led a cult, Stalin led a cult, um, and people can even you know it, it's it's a complicated uh, set well, of behaviors, and, and there's a lot of overlap. I mean, after all, Roosevelt also, too. I mean, he was unbelievable. People adored him; would do anything for him. Well, yeah, but that's because he, he was a good guy. Yeah, Franklin. Oh, I see. Okay, now we get, yeah, because he's one of your guys. Okay. So um, before we get to the half-hour break here. Oh, my God. Oh. We haven't had This is a very, hey, this is a very um, expansive and uh, important subject where we need some background. So. I, I, I guess, I, like, I think the, 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 the distinction between a religion and a cult is uh, kind of a, I don't know, a blind alley in terms of, uh, talking about how politics uh, and religion intersect, but maybe not. Um, in any event, um, I think one of the the things to bear in mind, like why is religion uh, so often intertwined? Why is it? Wh- why is there a prohibition in the Constitution in the First Amendment that uh, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of a religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof? And I think. It's worth uh, remembering uh, that we are an extraordinary moment in human history. You mean us, the U.S., or Uh, humans? This moment in time, not just in the U.S., but really throughout the world, uh, in large measure because of our technology, and I'll explain why. Uh, If you go back to... uh, All right, well, so there was this really great little three-episode miniseries on HBO that I I watched recently that... was pretty good it's called gunpowder and it's about the gunpowder plot you know guy fawkes and the other conspirators plotting to blow up the house of parliament when uh 
King James the first is oh, visiting. Remember November. Yeah. Remember November the fifth, November gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Yes, this wow, is wow. That's <laughs> memorable <laughs> dog roll. But I mean, so you know, this is why this is this is where the word guy comes from is a, just a generic term for a, a, a human being in English. Thank you, Welsh. Yeah. So, um, uh, so. It was illuminating to me because they sort of show the, the, the background of Guy Fawkes and, and his co-conspirators. And I was aware of how uh, bloody and tumultuous the sectarian turmoil or conflict was in England between Catholics and Protestants. But I wasn't aware of just... I, I, like, I thought I was aware, like because I'd read about it and I knew that there was fighting and, you know, and violence. But um, England, Wales, Scotland, Ireland, you mean? Yeah, this is yeah. this is you know the early 17th century. Oh. So, but the sorry, po- you said England. So, well, it was yeah. specifically in England yeah. at this point. So, um, so they show a scene where one of these English Catholics is uh, captured and uh, you know attainted with treason, and they torture him to death. I mean, they they gruesomely butcher him while he's alive in front of a crowd, and the crowd is screaming with approval. And, you know, it's Game of Thrones level stuff. And I mean, hey, it's HBO. Sound like the witches in Salem. Uh, worse. Not if you're a witch. Well, they, <laughs> they were just hanged. <laughs> no, they were burned. They were drowned. They were, yeah, they were, there were a lot of things happened to them. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a feminist from A to Z. <laughs> Why do you presume the person I'm talking about was a, was a man? Well said. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So can I get this out before we get to the half-hour break? (laughs) I mean, I'm like, this was something I wanted to do 20 minutes ago into our discussion, so I could just lay the table. Tune in after our break. Gosh almighty. So um, the reason, it it, it struck me that there was this, uh, uh, you know, this, this, uh, vociferous uh, response to somebody who was just the wrong flavor of Christian. I mean, Church of England, Catholic Church, the differences aren't that big, <laughs> you know? Um, and I realized in a, in a moment, because of the way, you know, you'd see like King James and his ministers talking about it, and I realized like, oh my gosh, they have no idea how popular opinion actually is running in their country. They have no idea how to really reach out and communicate with people. They don't have, they don't have newspapers, you know, like this is the beginning of, of broadsheets, but they don't have any kind of like national media. They have no way of communicating like, uh, like easily and, and clearly with people. Literacy is not that widespread. And, and they don't do opinion polls. There's no voting. There's no going around talking to people. It's all just like, hey, you know, I've got guys sitting around in taverns listening to what people talk about. And I sort of try and guess, you know, they, they, make, they make little reports and send them to me. And then I try and guess what's going on or what people are talking about. You know, and it's like, it's like, how do you really try and, and figure out what popular will is, much less how to marshal it and, and control it? And change it, yeah. And change it when you don't have any of that information and any of those means of doing that. And, you know, I, I, th- I think we can all agree very quickly. Sue, I'm looking at you. I think you'll agree with this. But just like— I never do. I never well, like, <laughs> like the essence of, of political control is that people consent to be governed. Like— no matter how you do it, people agree to sort of do what you say. Even if it's through fear, yeah. Even if it's through fear. Even if it's through you will be shot if you don't. When people say, yeah, okay, fine, I'll do it, 
that's political control. And and the more willingly they ca- say like, well, of course we follow Mike because he's he the son the of oh, no, he's right. the son of God. Well, then you know people are willing to follow me as opposed to like, well, we'll follow Mike, but only until we can deactivate these bomb collars he's put around our necks. You know, <laughs> so. Um, so, so one of the I think one of the reasons why religion historically had became so tremendously important, uh, oh, communication link because it's a way of communicating and it's a powerful, visceral narrative that is reinforced to people and it 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 ties, uh, you know, your leadership structure into a set of basic values that people are are going to be looking for and craving in their lives, you know, um, and you don't really want other competing narratives because that can go unpredictably wrong. So the whole way that we are accustomed to thinking about politics in the United States is something where you have different groups and they argue and, you know, and they have opinion polls and the debates and like that's that's just not part of how things have worked up until recently because it hasn't been possible. So I think we have to take a break. So I'm going to take a break and then you guys can I don't know. Say whatever you want to say. <laughs> I just I wanted to get this out there. Jeremy, you get control of those mics. Yeah. So, but this is uh, civil politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM, out of Northampton, Massachusetts. We're going to play a few PSAs, promos, and station IDs, and then we'll be right back. Don't go away. Fresh Sounds with your host Ron Freshly, Tuesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WXOJLP, bringing you the music of Bud Powell, Wardell Gray. Art Blakey, Duke Ellington, Abby Lincoln, Tad Dameron, Yousef Latif, Bix Beiderbeck, Cassandra Wilson, Tom Harrell, Jane Ira Bloom, and thousands more. Hey, Mom, how about this game? What's it rated? Uh, let's see. T for teen with violence and suggestive themes? Uh, no. Video games are fun, but not all games are right for all players. Look for the rating symbol and content descriptors and read the rating summaries that tell you what's actually in the game. (sighs) This one better? Oh, much. For more information about ratings and rating summaries, visit ESRB.org. What did they just say? If you often find yourself asking that, you may benefit from the new audio-enhancing technology available at the Forbes Library in Northampton. Designed to work with or without a hearing aid, the new and improved audio-visual systems in our meeting rooms, along with countertop loop systems at our service desks, are some of the new technology the library now has. With federal funds provided by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and administered by the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners. You'll now find hearing the librarian and guest lecturers a whole lot easier. Call 413-587-1017 or email info at ForbesLibrary.org to find out more. This is Professor Howard Zinn. The independent, non-commercial radio station you're listening to is really important in the maintenance of democracy. Thomas Jefferson once said, an informed democracy will behave in a reasonable manner. So if you care about being informed, if you care about democracy, if you're a reasonable person, you are, of course. Please support your source for uncensored news and views and the voice of your community. VFR listeners, this is Bob Bailo. I'm at the controls in the VFR studio every Monday morning from 6 till 9 a.m. I play music and I talk. And I give the time and temperature. Also, I drink a lot of coffee. Then I go home. 
but I faithfully return every Monday morning, 6 till 9 a.m. on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, Northampton. You work hard for your wages, so you need to know most workers should receive at least the federal minimum wage and hopefully more. Also, most workers should receive overtime if they work more than 40 hours in seven days. These are the laws for everyone, documented or not. Have questions about your wages? Call the U.S. Department of Labor Wage and Hour Division. It's free and confidential. Call 1-866-487-9243. That's 1-866-4-US-WAGE. We can help. A message from the U.S. Department of Labor. And we're back with Civil Politics uh, here on Valley Free Radio. We're talking about uh, religion and politics and how they intersect. Uh, it's me, Genre, and Sue joined by DJ Wendy of uh, Subculture. And hello, um, hello. so I, I sort of laid that out uh, at the uh, just before the break. And basically the point of, of all of that talk about how religion can create sort of a sense of validation and as a, a bulwark against the uncertainty of, geez, we don't know what people really want. You know, how do we control the, the vast masses who live, you know, out in the in the hinterlands and are farming the fields and God knows what they think or want. Uh, and how Why do we, do control, we them? control the masses? Right. Because we're afraid? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, we want to avoid chaos because, you know, speaking historically, when the peasants get upset, they've been known to, like, gather their torches and pitchforks, go to the local manor house, and burn to the ground, kill all the rich people, and take their stuff. <gasps> Puerto Rico. And they're as, re, they're yeah. revolting. The peasants are revolting. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> you said it. Dink. Okay. <laughs> Dink on ice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you think, though, um, a lot, and not all, but a lot of religions base their keeping in line through fear, right. which is we were taught more of how you're going to hell instead of how you could actually get to heaven, which is a huge difference. Right. You know. Well, and, and so... Segwaying back to our terrible current uh, administration here in the United uh, States, but a, a big part of why based on fear, it's based on fear. Absolutely, it, it, that Trump got elected on fear. You know, f I mean, you know, how did he announce his candidacy? Mexicans are coming here. They're bringing drugs. They're rapists. You know, like that's we need to be afraid of that. And 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 I th I think he's got strong support in the evangelical community. He says, not as one of them, but, you know, as an outsider right. looking in. But nevertheless, I think a lot yeah, of his support surprising. comes. Well, I think a lot of that support comes from uh, it's it's sort of a transactional thing. Mm -hmm. Like they're they're mm -hmm. they are like they ultimately think that uh, they don't want to live in a society that takes advantage of the possibility of plurality. Like we don't all have to worship in the same way in order to stick together it's like i don't you know like i don't care if you're religious oh you are religious great you know but the matter at hand is how much are we going to collect in taxes to pave the roads and build a new school and uh you know make sure the the you know the food's inspected safely and whatnot i mean you know that is stuff that's of interest to anybody whatever their religious beliefs because you know, everybody uses roads. Everybody eats food. Everybody wants to make sure the water supply isn't tainted with mercury or whatever. Well, not some people in Flint, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, those people in Flint want that. It's uh, the Republican administration it that did It was the control board, yeah. So yeah. you were saying, Wendy, um, before we started the show, that there was like 118 or some ungodly amount of... I shouldn't have said ungodly. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but depressing. Yeah, and depressing, this was yeah. sort of while we're all distracted with what's going on, um, that 
uh, did you get this list from? Did you say Glad? I yeah. forget where you got it from. Yeah, and I think that's the basis of it. There are so many distractions going on by daily <laughs> tweets of, you know, we're going to hold your attention over here while so much behind the scenes is going on to dismantle things like um, LGBTQ rights, for example, yeah. uh, rights for women, rights for immigrants. I mean, all of this stuff is being headed, all of these... Uh, uh, things are being headed by the uh, people who are the exact opposite. So the housing, you know, um, the secretary, <coughs> housing, whatever, is going is feels the exact opposite, or has been known to make laws which would not benefit. Uh, you help me yeah. out here. You know what I'm saying? Right? Yeah, like and and it's interesting because it's sort of creating like North Korea does this, and in the meantime they change the Johnson Amendment so that churches can uh, lobby in politic and won't be chased down by the Treasury and lose their... Right. Yeah, and, and all these little laws were changed sort of in the in the middle of the night um, for LGBTQ. Right, and, and that was... Yeah, that's what, what you were talking about. Um, or and through Twitter blasts, like, now we're going to ban trans people. Right, who... Army. I mean, <laughs> let's just... <laughs> well, that was... Um, I have kind of a, a, a list here, and it's just... Um, a smattering of things that are going on. And this is, like you said, according to GLAD, that's G-L-A-A-D.org. It's the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Um, according to them, there have been 118 tax attacks, and that is including statements and actions by the Trump administration mm -hmm. on LGBTQ communities since Trump has taken office. Um, and some of these attacks include minutes after Trump and Pence were sworn in, they wiped everything mentioning the LGBT community off the White House, Department of State, and Department of Labor websites. If that doesn't tell you something that was right quick. off the bat. Yeah, <laughs> it was minutes. I, I remember when that happened. I thought, wow, we are in trouble. <laughs> mm -hmm. We are in trouble. So they're basically... Why do I feel like, is das Jude? German reference. Oh, I do that. Yeah, that's sort of what happened. Oh. Was <laughs> yeah. Are it's you Jewish? Right. Are you gay? Right. Are you gay? Gotcha. Yeah. Are you gay? Gotcha. Oh, my God. Um, I totally missed that. I mean, I was... Watching other stuff because I well, follow politics. Lincoln, you missed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was the design, right? Was to but glad list it has a list yes, of all this. Yes, um, they they have uh, an entire, uh, pretty much day by day of activities that go on within this White House, and it's not just with Pence, and it's not just with Trump, it's White DeVos, and, and you know all, all these people mm -hmm. from pretty much every cabinet. But uh, other things uh, like you mentioned, um, banning trans people in the military. Yeah, I remember that one. Education department. Betsy DeVos uh, rescinded Title IX, and that's protections for s transgender students. Um, so they said that they will not investigate or uh, look at any complaints made by transgender students who were barred from restaurants, uh, restaurants or restrooms that match their gender identity. Um, this list just keeps going on and on. Um, you know, the religious oh, exemption. Right. And at the same time, when Trump first got it, be when he was running, I think we talked about before the show, Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. They were saying, which bathroom could Caitlyn use in your hotel? And Trump said, any, whatever, whichever yeah, he, he one she wants. Like, yeah. And yet here's his secretary of education that's basically behaving right. very differently from it, that. He doesn't care. It, it, uh, uh, racist, like I said before, do I believe he's racist? Oh yeah. Do I think he really cares about gay people? Not so much. Is it what he, what in my opinion he cares about is getting reelected through the evangelical base, and that so, so if that's what driving it right. Yeah. But I don't think he really has any um, true processes behind it, which is where Pence I think is 
hugely making Ho- motivated by it oh, highly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's a classic demonstration of the simple point that like, you know, you don't to, you don't have to be a bigot to be racist. You don't have to be a bigot to be homophobic, you know, like because the actions you're taking, you know, tr- Trump doesn't personally care one way or the other, but he's perfectly happy to do things that are damaging Beneficial. and dangerous mm. to to LGBTQIA+. Do you think he cares about abortion? I don't think Trump. he really does, but it's it's hard to tell because, uh, like anything that doesn't involve his immediate sort of personal interest or gratification that. or cash, I don't think he cares that much that. about. But he might, <laughs> yeah. he might. I'm mean, just curious because that's been does. such a you know that's been a really important thing for uh, the uh, I I highly doubt it, especially with how he treated um, abortion during the campaign versus how she's treating it now. Um, he is a rubber stamp for people that do care uh remember when he when they first posed the question to him uh should a woman go to jail for having abortion he's like well if it's the law then yeah you know he doesn't think about it no it's just that was just him trying to figure out what words mean which he does a lot so uh now when he's talking about abortion it's pretty much being fed to him yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there there are people working behind the scenes. He exactly. He's, 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 I really don't think he, well, first of all, can understand <laughs> the what all is the implications, the um, the yeah. gravity, the I mean, just complexity. The complexity. That's the word I'm yeah. looking for. I don't think he understands he it. Sort of lives in the headlines. Well, he's a showman. Yeah. That's all he is, a bad right. one, but he is a showman. So one of the, the basic questions that uh, Sue did a great job of, of putting together a list of things to think about before the show, and one of the overarching and questions— then I went home and went to bed and cried because I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this show. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. But the dog's okay. <laughs> the dog's fine, but okay. yeah. Okay. It was just the, you know, the moral authority, and oh, my God. Right, so but what does moral authority <laughs> talk actually about it. mean? So when uh, uh, Sue, as the per- only person in the group who does the homework, actually read <laughs> the, uh, uh, what, I have to because I'm a I'm a C student, so I have to work much yeah. harder than any of you guys. Yeah, the uh, on uh, envi- Laudato C, yeah, right on 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 dealing with environmental uh, cri- climate change crisis. Yeah, mm. and I read it when it came out in 2015. And it was near my Mueller report, which uh-huh. is the only reason I remembered that I had it. Yeah. And, but yeah, what a strange thing, because here's the Catholic Church telling the governments of the world, do something about climate change. You have a moral obligation to right. do that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I like that. Yeah. But what do you do with that when a religious leader is telling governments what to do? Well, I mean, to some so to some extent, the moral authority, whatever there is of it, of uh, of uh, I forgot the Pope's name, but you know Francis. Francis, Francis right? That wasn't his name before, but that's right, his name but, now. Right. Uh, you know, of Pope Francis is sort of baked in the cake of like, well, he's out of the Catholic Church. I mean, you know, there's you know whatever authority you want to just sort of grant that institution. And obviously different people can have wildly different answers depending upon and whether or not they've popes, seen, seen the movie Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Different um, popes care different exactly. topics. Mm-hmm. You know, it, some colluded with Hitler, right? I, I, absolutely. Yeah. A- absolutely. So so it's by no means a, a simple cut and dried issue. But uh, one of the, the, the things a religious institution can do, especially if it's widely respected, is give someone moral authority. It's like... You know, you're you're a cardinal, you're a bishop, you're an elder, whatever. Let those children go at the border. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, you you're someone that people are gonna listen to. 
because you are invested with that office. It, is, it just seems to me, though, um, very basic things like treat people well, treat the environment well. How hard is that? Why would you, you can need do it someone? for yourself? You yeah, don't have yeah. to have somebody tell you. Why yeah, do it's you interesting. Need someone of that, uh, the moral authority, to tell you that it's okay to be good. <laughs> uh, that's a really good question, and I, I don't have a. Can you say that again? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just why do you need someone of moral authority, as you're saying, to tell you that it's okay to be good to people, okay to be good to the environment? Th- that doesn't make sense to me. I, yeah, that I, I, I'm gobsmacked by that question. Yeah. It's, it's, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I think that is the question. <laughs> Go, Go ahead. On. Yeah. Um, if, if, the, if someone I, – I, let's use the example of the Catholic Church – um, if, if you are a practicing Catholic who, uh, really is really into the church, especially the hierarchy, that means that you're a lay person and the Pope and the, the ministers are, or, and the people in the church are the, the learned people and what they say, what, how they interpret the Bible is how you interpret the Bible. So a lot of people cede that moral authority to um, less people now, a lot less people now, but um, but people in the church cede that moral authority to the uh, I forget what they're what they're called versus lay people. Um, clergy. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> the clergy. They cede that moral authority to the clergy uh, because that's how you do things in, the, in that religion. Well, that's what I was saying. So, it's always, you know, with, with the, I'm just taking the Bible, for example. We were taught to follow this. Look to this yeah. one leader. Follow what they do. Do what they do. Do what the Bible says. It's an errant. God is an errant. And to me, that in itself is fallible because, you know, what if they're wrong? What if, you know, they don't believe that climate change is real? Well, it's not what they believe. It's what God believes, and they're interpreting God's word. And no. how do you know they're doing it right? Right. I mean, that's because that's faith. I mean, that's the thing, you know. Right. Yeah. So, so what if the mm-hmm. parents say my child has cancer, but I want to seek a different treatment? It's the same kind of moral authority. You know, where do we go with that as a as a civilization? My sister did that. She she would not. Uh, her husband would not allow um, their kids to go to the doctor. That type of thing. It was a. I, I don't even know what kind of religion it was. Really, um, could not take medicine. Christian science. Jehovah's Witness, no blood transfusions. Christian science is uh, no medicine like at a, all. Yeah, you know, you yeah, I go pray it off or something. But yeah. it, it depends yeah. on the sect too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where, where, like you're saying, where does that? Yeah, where does the government fit in that right. role? Because there are parents that are knowledgeable and have science backgrounds and seek other treatments, but the government empowers the doctors to really decide in this country, or at least, you know, I think there was a famous case where the parents took their kid to Mexico for Laetrile, which is actually mm. um, an analog of vitamin B12, which is actually the treatment for leukemia. But the the medical system in this country basically said that they were they were not taking care of him properly. And it, it you know, it became this huge battle, and they took if Green, I think his name was Green, but they took the kid away from them, took him to Sydney Farber or somewhere. We can talk about this in vaccinations oh. as well. Yeah, especially in the uh, in the communities y- in, yep, in New York. Yeah, they're getting rid of all the religious um, exemptions right now for vaccinations for p- sort of more for the public health side. But um, oh, but we it's need so many more hours for all of 
<laughs> I mean, if you want to just have an hour show, uh, we no, can no. keep going. Uh, well, Mr. Rogers, we need some good. <laughs> I mean, you're right here. <laughs> well, if we skip to the death penalty for a second, because Trump Trump just changed that, right? For yeah. the federal yes, level. Federal, yeah. yeah. Well, they're yeah. trying to. And yeah. so what if your religion says the death penalty is evil and we shouldn't do it? We're all in this country together. But one. What? You mean Christianity? <laughs> Well, any 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 religion, one would say that it's you know you can never take another person's life, and other religions that say yeah you know kill him I you know eye for an eye and so how does the government navigate that because a lot of states have gotten rid of the death penalty, and the feds I think they just got a new drug that's why they could start doing it again it was only on hiatus or oh, something oh right follow the money forgot follow the money <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, rule that's the is that the for fifth? everything apparently now yeah, yeah. the fifth rule of the jungle yeah. but how does a government navigate that when people are so many different religions and beliefs i mean that is and with the media discussion you were having mike where everybody knows now when you know it used to be you could just cover it over and nobody would know no. Well, you can still cover it over with a with a mound of crap as yeah. opposed to <laughs> silence um <clears throat> well so we were talking about moral authority. We've only got a few minutes left, so I just wanted to, to offer up this this thought. Um, you know, when you have someone like the Pope, like the moral authority comes from like their head of the Catholic Church or whatever. You know, that's my local priest. Or and they have the Swiss Guard. Whatever. So. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it comes from the institution or from some kind of perceived status, you know, like like. Oh, they they've they've passed their their secret test and now they're an enlightened guru or whatever. I term. like the Patriots and Brady couldn't possibly do anything wrong. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, um, in a society like ours, it doesn't have to. There isn't necessarily a well, and in, in, in specifically in the United States, there isn't a religious uh, imprimatur like you know, Trump has been anointed by God, you know, mm. just as Obama was before him, you know, and there's an apostolic succession or whatever. No, the, the, the point is they're elected to the office and they hold the office for a while and then somebody else has it. But the, uh, the, the, the common refrain of, you know, insult, uh, uh, you can call Donald Trump uh, incompetent all you want, but remember, it's still President Trump. Respect the office. And that is a way of sort of reinforcing the moral authority that we give to the president. That's one of the ways that the president can actually... Uh, set sort of a national agenda and and try and mobilize command the, the people troops. of the United States. Well, not, well, th yeah, exactly. Command the troops in a way that they're willing to follow, that they willingly follow, as opposed to just like, well, it's the orders and we signed up. I mean, that's sort of the fallback position. But one of the one of the ways I think uh, President Trump has damaged our society is he's really done a lot to erode the sort of the idea of moral authority inhering in the office of president. I mean. Uh, you know, in a way that even George W. Bush didn't, right? And that's uh, one of the one of the things that any kind of social group comes together. Religion can provide that, but it doesn't have to. Like a faith or a belief in our constitution and system of government, you know, can 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 often do in a society like ours. But I think it's increasingly difficult because of the antics of our current president. So. Handmaid's Tale, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, I hope people are more like Baha'i and Quakers where they take the moral authority unto themselves and decide for themselves what is what is good and right. Well, I, I think, hope that happens. You I know, think, take more pictures of policemen shooting kids. and 
Well, you there know. are a lot of people in this country who are doing that. There are thousands of Jewish activists, for example, who are rallying under the under the mantra or the banner of "Never Again Is Now," and I think that's excellent. Um, I, I think I need to be, be more like them. I think I think many of us do. Um, and it's but it's that kind of logic that led, for example, in the Constitution for them to say uh, in Article Six, you know, no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to serve in any, you know, government office, you know, like you don't have to be anything in order to, you know, and you don't have to be Christian or Jewish or, or, or Hindu or Baha'i to be president. What about those crosses on those that was recently decided? Oh, that's a whole other uh, can of worms that we probably shouldn't get into. It. Stay tuned next week. Five, like, <laughs> like, like five minutes before the hour. Uh, we got to give Wendy a couple of minutes to like shut John out of his chair and, and breathe. But oh, um, and regain her composure after this. Right. But, if you, but I will just say, as I've, I've mentioned from time to time, the great podcast uh, opening arguments, they have a good discussion of the legal issues around the Bladensburg Cross decision down in Maryland, including with one of the attorneys from the American Humanist Society who was arguing in favor of getting that off federal land. So, um, so Wendy, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me on again. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We'll carry on with this again some other time because it's definitely a lot going on. So, uh, coming up next, we've got a Subculture. That's uh, Wendy doing a <laughs> whole bunch of music inspired by Mr. Rogers. Uh, that's from 8 to 10, followed by Table of Contents, and then OK Asia at Midnight. Uh, we've got repeats of uh, drum and bass with DJ Fife at 2 and Dark Wave at 4. So that should get you through to dawn. Uh, podcast of the show is going to be uploaded to iTunes, Stitcher, etc., etc. Uh, later this week. And uh, we are still repeating the show Mondays at 4 p.m. So if it's Monday between 4 and 5 and you're listening to me, that's what's going on. Thank you all for listening. Good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro and thank you for listening.